0: You are about to enter a great adventure.
1: This is Strutting
0: From Gorilla. All right, folks. Welcome back to Season 3 of Strutting From Gorilla. As you can see, it's new look, same jabronis. We're with you live and in living color. We decided to take the plunge and go video for everybody. Vito, you look good on camera, my man. I love it.
1: Yeah, you know, I was about to say, I don't know if ratings are going to go up or down with our mugs on this uh, podcast now, but no. Yeah,
0: it's a 50-50 shot, so at best. But we're so glad to be back with you guys. There was a little bit of a layoff, like we had mentioned before, but hey, we're we're back and we're ready to go. So just a reminder, visit our website, struttingfromgorilla.com. From there, you can find links to all our socials, the TikTok, the Insta, all of that I got a handle for our Instagram here. Vito's got the handle for our ex Twitter, whatever the hell he's calling it these days. Uh, but anyway, you can find us uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Give us a five star rating and review on the old Apple podcast and we would love it. So we got to jump right in today, Vito, because we have been MIA for the last like month. We had our LA night interview, which was so cool. We hope you guys are listening to that. And then from there, life just took over, but wrestling has continued to to roll
1: on, and it has been firing on all cylinders lately. Oh, firing left and right. I mean, things are just going crazy. I'm I'm glad we're back season three. You know, I feel like we're progressively getting better here, right? Not worse, you know, always upgrading. Um, but no, I, I, I think it's been great. Um, you know, I I think. John Cena said it once, right? The wrestle, when the wrestling economy is great, everything's great, yeah. and you're seeing it here. Um, I think it's different than years past, like in the Attitude Era or the Golden Era with Hulk Hogan and all the Hulkamaniacs, right? Um, this is going to be a lot different. Uh, it's a different feeling. Uh, I, I got to be honest, I loved when NXT went against AEW, right? Like, I feel like the first time that happened a few years ago. Oh, okay. So, you talk like the I old did,
0: Wednesday Night Wars that they had. Yeah, the old Wednesday yeah. Night Wars.
1: But I feel like when that happened, WWE didn't give a shit. Like, they just really didn't care. And it was different this time, right? I mean, they brought in the big guns and they wanted to really squash. Uh, that AEW. was, dude, that cracked me up. I think. Somebody, I
0: I know I'm stealing this from somebody on like Twitter or something, but the, this guy said, "Yes, WWE may not view AEW as competition. I don't view a mosquito as competition, but when one's on my leg, I still want to squash it." So I think <laughs> that principle totally applied to their mentality of how they approached this like this random Tuesday night dynamite that was going to be there it was only preempted because uh, what was it the the playoffs right? So they got moved yeah. to the different night. And just because of that, there was suddenly this competition where they, they said, "Okay, so we're gonna have we're gonna have uh, John Cena, we're gonna have Paul Heyman, we're gonna have LA Knight on there, we're gonna have Asuka. we're gonna have Jade show up. Oh, and by
1: the way, we're also gonna have the Undertaker, yeah, just to come in." And but you can feel the energy, right? Like as a mm-hmm. fan watching, you can just feel it. Oh, elevates yeah. the wrestlers. There's a purpose for what they're doing, not just you know your the Vince Russo. Yeah, and not just your fiftieth hour. Yeah, and not just your fiftieth hour of television for the week. Like, you know, because they have ten different episodes of wrestling every yep. week now. It is a purpose to it, you know. You have a, a desire to win. And it's not just against your peers, it's against another um competition. And and I love it. I, I love every second of it. And uh it's it's been great having uh, you know, this second tier company, but it's even elevated And we've talked about this before in our podcast, Mikey, like it's elevated other, um, promotions like, uh, NWA and TNA, right. And even GCW to some degree, it's, it, it's, it's getting more eyeballs on the product Mm -hmm. and that's always good. And I enjoy it because it makes for more compelling television. Right. Um, and it gives wrestlers a place to go. Like look at edge, right. Mm-hmm. We all had the shock return. I, I guess it wasn't really, a shock. It wasn't like, really I, a shock. I felt, I felt like we all knew this was going to happen. It was a rumor that just was going on forever after his, you know, lackluster send off on SmackDown. What have you ever seen a re- wrestler retire on, uh, especially one of like Edge's caliber retire yeah. on a, a weekly show, right? Dude, that's like, what
0: happens when you can't agree on money. They are just right. You know, all right, here you go. This this is your send-off. You get to fight Sheamus. Which, right. Which isn't... A, I don't want to knock Sheamus. The The dude is a great brawler. But I feel like they could have done more to sort of send him off. And I think that there's a little bit of a sour grapes there, I think. Maybe yeah, on that part.
1: Is he a needle mover? I feel like the guy has gotten enough chances, right? And I just... I can't get behind him. I'm not saying I don't like his... I don't like him. Yeah. I, I, like, uh, he just... He doesn't do it for me, like, and I don't know what it is.
0: Well, I, I think what you're talking about is something that everyone's getting too caught up with. Anyway, is this well? What's a needle mover? What's not? I mean, it's hard to like define that. In you know, no, it's not. Everybody, uh, I guess. No, it's uh, not. You know
1: who's a needle mover? Roman Reigns. No, well, yes, but L.A. Yeah. Knight, right? Mm-hmm. He, he willed his way into being a needle mover right? Okay. And so he was kind of in the opposite spectrum where people were just chanting his name. He was selling merchandise and WWE was just like, eh, we're still going to make him lose. Eh, I don't know. He's not a top guy. And finally, he I feel like, you know, listen, do you put him in a title match right away? No. Right? And I, I think what they're doing now is is great. Like, the guy clearly is is you know, what people want to see. But mm-hmm. Sheamus, for me, is just not a guy who moves it. But I, we digress. Yeah. We go down this we, rabbit hole all day.
0: I, I was gonna say, we're this is our season premiere already, and we are we, all over the place because because we haven't been we we haven't been recording on a consistent basis. So we have all these thoughts, folks. So bear with us because it, it's just we're we're just jumping around from from interest to interest about our wonderful world of wrestling. But I I want to touch on something you said about this being a golden era of sorts for wrestling and i think i completely agree with you look you named off all of those different organizations i'll include impact on that too all of them are doing well i think it's wonderful there's a whole different approach to even friendly competition now whereas before like you said during the attitude era it was way more it was like super tribal to the point where you, you wanted people within companies wanted other people to wanted other companies to go out of business and that, that's, not, that's not healthy competition. That's not how you build up organization. That's not how you build up pro wrestling. And I think they're all finally realizing that. Even WWE, for all of the shit we had given them over the years about the things that they used to do about pretending somebody's career didn't exist before they started in WWE. Just recently on their pay-per-view, they mentioned uh, both Cody and Finn Balor as leaders of the Bullet Club. That's a big deal. And I, I know it doesn't feel like a lot because it's just sort of like a passive statement, but you have to understand for years and years and years, the Vince McMahon mandate has been when you when you start here, nothing else you did before then matters. And they're starting to change that. You can even hear it in the way they talk about wrestlers. Uh, LA Knight, for example, they'll say he might be a rookie to WWE, but he's not a rookie in this sport. And so they are already saying this guy's had a career before he came here. And that's important to acknowledge that he's not just sort of Jamal coming off the street that they're decided to strap the rocket to.
1: Yeah. And I think it comes down to those are great points, Mikey. And I think it comes down to the fact that I don't want to feel, and I don't want to be treated as a fan that I'm a stupid person. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, like we all, we're not stupid. Like, and, and I, I think that that makes a huge difference. And um yeah. It's, it, it really is great. Here's my, my question for you though. And cause I've heard you okay. talk about this plenty of times. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in this Wednesday night battle, or I guess Tuesday night recently, they, what did they use to measure the success of, of the programming?
0: Hmm.
1: They use so the ratings, they, they use the ratings, ratings,
0: but they were also using trends. They were using Twitter. Back and okay. forth. Who was trending number one?
1: Who wasn't? Oh, interesting. I, didn't I was see noticing
0: that. that all night. You could see it, that there was like the, the fighting going on. You could see that at one point Dynamite was up there. At one point NXT was up there. And it was kind of swapping back and forth. That was pretty cool. Interesting. Even, even though I like kind of despised Twitter. It, that was one <laughs> moment where it served a purpose for me.
1: But is that only Twitter? Like, I feel like you use a hashtag. I could hashtag on Facebook. I could hashtag on threads I good hashtag on whatever but yeah my, my point was um you know is that really you mentioned this all the time that you know ratings doesn't really matter because a yeah. lot of the times you're not really watching live but it, again I think it's still the barometer right I mean back in the day I bet it would have still been been higher because it was your only platform to watch wrestling yeah. you had to watch it live right or I mean maybe you could record television TiVo was a thing at that point but uh, yeah, a little bouncing TV. Um, yeah, no, I, but you know, I, it's great. Uh, I'm loving it. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's great, great for entertainment purposes. And, um, we we'll, it's we'll a great time how... to be a wrestling fan, dude. That's the bottom line here. It's great, it, great. It bro. is,
0: it's good TV. It, when was the last time you can say WWE has been consistently doing well in terms of how they're. Presenting stories to us on a weekly basis—that almost yeah. never happened for a long time, or it would happen in spurts. True, it's been fairly consistent.
1: Yeah, I just—I wonder how much of that is—I mean, competition versus you know, obviously someone else in charge. I, that, well, I, you know, I, 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 I think we will take it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know that—that that leads me to our next point. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I am so happy that we get to see something different other than vince mcmahon you know Mm -hmm. i think for years this industry wouldn't be where it is without vince mcmahon and love or hate the guy or whatever you want Um, but it was time and we've been saying that for many in fact that's most the reason we started this podcast i think to get our venting out for wrestling um and a lot Mm -hmm. of it was just the garbage we were getting uh Mm -hmm. and and it's been so much better and you've talked about it and you could touch on it here like what have you seen that's been a huge difference between you know triple h running things and versus vince mcmahon and then also you know the other piece of this that i want you to touch on too is tony khan like what's the difference between him and WCW or Eric Bischoff. Like, I, I I think there's a big difference in those two co- those two competitors right now.
0: All right, so it's two questions. So one is, what yes. do I think the difference is between Triple H and Vince in terms of how all of this gets presented?
1: And then also the competition. But hey, let, 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 pause for, for a oh, second there. Yeah, Just yeah. pause. You're lucky I didn't add five questions, okay? I know, I know. <laughs> this is, I, I, I had to keep track here. It's like,
0: all right, so what the hell is he asking me? All right, <laughs> so I'm going to go with, I'll go with your first one to start things off with triple H from my own experience, watching him when he was down in NXT, when he first started taking the reins over of what, what it's, yeah, I think Vince was sort of testing him. What happens when you get the reins for something completely, you're in charge of running this show. And what he did with NXT was wonderful. The way he structured those takeovers, no more than five matches. Every match had a had a good amount of time. Every match had a video package. Every match meant something. And not every rivalry, not every superstar, ended up on that card. Sometimes it just didn't work out that way. That's the way it was. Fast forward to now. What are you noticing about the pay per views?
1: Uh, much easier to watch. They're much, much easier to
0: watch. There's easier. about five card, five on the card. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a video package. And every match seems to actually mean something. There's not that kind of fluff in between yeah. or, or sort of like the bullshit. Backstage se- segments are kind of abbreviated now. They're not as long as they used to be. They're not as... Honestly, they were just like a slog to sit through, those Vince McMahon backstage segments, because they, they largely meant absolutely nothing. I think maybe I'm biased towards Triple H because I just like the way he's, he tells stories, but. What he does with backstage segments does a good job. It furthers some story along. It gives you a little hint that even if it's a rivalry that's not on the pay-per-view card tonight, it's just reminding you, hey, this this story is happening too, and keep tuning in to Raw and SmackDown to sort of follow that story, even though we they didn't have a match on the card tonight. So in terms of how Triple H is doing it as opposed to Vince, Triple H is taking, I think, a more, almost a... I want to say, like a a more pro wrestling sort of approach to this, rather than a sports entertainment approach to this. Vince is, you know, the pageantry is still there with with WWE. I think that's always just going to be part of their DNA and how they present stories to people. But the way Triple H is doing it, I think he's really trying to focus more on like the drama of the story. What's driving you to that match, like? Uh, we'll get into this later, but kind of what they're doing with the bloodline and how there's there's one thing is happening in one storyline and it's impacting the rest of the show. It permeates. Like the bloodline's essentially like a mafia family that just like crumbled. So there's a vacuum of power and people are sort of coming in and there's all these different little factions. And I like the way that they're doing that right now. But anyway, that's an aside. So that answers your question about Triple H. I just think he's he's... much more current on how to tell a story that's going to keep people captivated and entertain them. And Vince was just, the time just passed him by. I think that just happens. It'll happen. All of us at some point. We have that. I'll answer your next question too. About Tony Khan. And what was it that is it, is he like WCW or is he running it similar to WCW?
1: Well, I was just saying, what's the difference in the competition now versus then, right? I felt, I I felt like um, before, when we were at, when we were WCW versus WWF, right, it was very cutthroat. Like, I felt like there was an extreme hatred for one another. So it was very different. I mean, you had people giving away results of pre-tape matches, right? You had surprise people coming over, and it, it felt real... I mean, it, it, there was a legit hatred for one another at that point. It was like, the people were going for blood, right? Because they were trying to put each other out of business, right? I I don't feel as though that's what either one of these companies are trying to do. And I don't know if I like it better or like it worse. And that's kind of my question to you is, do you see that difference? And like, does that make it less compelling to watch either episode either brand
0: for me. No, not at all. It doesn't bother me in the least. I I think there's, there's plenty of bullshit that happens between them. They all, there's this little, like these little Twitter wars that happen where yeah. Tony Khan will get up there and he'll reply to something WWE posted about NXT or doing everything they for that, that little Tuesday night, like brief war that they had. But I mean, Tony just needs to stay away from Twitter. I mean, I, I, he comes off like like a child sometimes because he just gets too up. He he takes certain things personal. It doesn't get to the point where, like you were saying, there's a bunch of hatred there, but it does get to a point where he goes on these little Twitter rants about how AEW is doing great in this demographic and that demographic, and and it's almost like he's trying to prove himself. And and man, you don't need to do that. There, there's no there's nothing for it. So he needs to just stay off of it stay off of Twitter. You know, stick to just simple promotion for the show. AW Dynamite is tonight at eight. Make sure you tune in. That's it. It doesn't, because I I don't think it works for him when these things happen. All, uh, all the things that these, these idiots write on the dirt sheets and all stuff. All he does is he's given them more, more fodder, more for them to feed off of. So, and it's the one thing he complains about too. So I think he need, he's got he's got to stop self sabotaging here. Just back off, let it happen. They're gonna WWE is always gonna do what they do. There's there's no way to stop it at this point. So you have to you have to accept and adapt.
1: Yeah. No, I I got you. I just felt like Bischoff was more cutthroat, and maybe it was because you know m- money. Maybe well, Bischoff and, had I,
0: way more to prove. He wasn't coming in. He didn't he didn't have <laughs> the like. A dad who owned an NFL franchise. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? He didn't have that kind of financial backing right ah. from the get-go. The dude was coming in like doing ah. news reporting. Like, come on.
1: I mean, his dad was Ted Turner. Ted Turner had a lot of money. Yeah, his dad. <laughs> yeah. He I mean, basically, his dad. basically. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, Tony Khan is like a, a fan of wrestling. He just he come in, came in, and I just don't know that. I, I mean, I guess it's it's no different. I mean, Bischoff had no prior mm-hmm. wrestling background he was a TV producer and he figured out a way to 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 make it happen I just I, I'm curious to see how it all pans out and but it's great it's great television I enjoy it and yeah. it it gives us something refreshing and a different look like uh, okay moving on from this mm-hmm. like there, there's been a lot that's gone on so let, let's let's talk about a couple of the things right obviously there have been some wrestlers that have moved back and forth we've right. got edge edge which is a big one we mm-hmm. have uh Jade Cargill going to wwe right and um like those are some big moves um and i'm curious to see how that 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 works out but i mean edge to aew it felt weird like so i we knew it was all coming Mm -hmm. and i was watching the pay-per-view live and I knew he was coming out and I was like trying to figure out when he would come out, what he was going on. And I, I mean, they made it pretty obvious when they put Christian in the main event, like not that he's not like a, I, he's doing some of his best work right now. I think mm-hmm. we've talked about this, yeah. Um, but you knew it was coming. But when I saw him come out, it just felt very strange, right? Like it, it felt very yeah unnatural and i'm happy he went there i think you know him as a part-timer was, it was it just wasn't working at wwe and it was great he had his run and he goes able to come back but if he's going to come back full-time and really give this a go before he retires i'm i'm all about it and he's got some fresh faces to 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 go against
0: you're right. He does, and and that was, I think, part of what he's even said in interviews that they reached a point where there was only so much left that he could do. The, he had done everything that that he could possibly do in WWE. Hell, he even main evented that first WrestleMania with fans again following the pandemic. And it's him, yeah. Roman, and and Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Speaking of right, so which is a good match? That's a great match. Great match. That visual of Roman pinning both of them. There was just. It was amazing. It was amazing. But anyway, back to Edge. I, you know, I, I think what people might struggle with, it feels strange because you're so used to one person for over 20 some odd years in one system. They've been presented in one way. So there's there's always going to be a little resistance to change. And now, now that he's in AW, it's a different presentation. They, they, it's a different flavor of ice cream, right? Everybody keeps talking about this now, like the, the flavors of ice cream thing. Like I heard MJF during the press conference do it. I've heard Triple H talk about this, but it is kind of true. Like you can like one over the other, but it doesn't, you know, they're, they're both just different flavors of ice cream. There's people that like both of them. So I think for Edge, he's just trying out a whole different system. I think it opens him up for a lot of new possibilities and in, in matches he can have. Also, we, we can't deny that he's long talked about wanting to end his career with Christian. Yeah. And this ge- this allows him to do that. So if nothing else, whatever, we don't really know how long that contract is. He's, you know, that first dynamite he was talking about, he want to be here for the, the the 8th and the 12th anniversary. And like, get out of here. But I mean, you might be uh... here for a year. And that's <laughs> and just doing a little farewell tour. But it, it gives him the best chance to end his career the way he would like to. And for a guy whose decision was taken from him all those years ago with a neck injury, I can respect it. I can understand why he would want to do this. But as fans, people struggle to just accept any change at all, especially wrestling fans, where kind of the worst.
1: Well, I, I, I think it's because you, you, you have these storylines and you – get invested and the ones that you're super invested in that are good storylines you want to continue to see it brings back nostalgia It brings back the the good storylines that you're used to and and what you're invested in and uh yeah I, I'll be honest I don't like change either. And it takes me a little bit. Every time something new happens, Mm -hmm. I tell you, I hate it. And then I'm like, Oh, actually I like it, you know? (laughs) So, (laughs) and then I'm always, I'm always wanting that surprise. I always want that. What's going to happen next? Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it, the amount of times I've been wrong about, telling you someone was going to come out (laughs) oh i'd be rich if i had if i
0: had money every time you did you made a terrible prediction
1: oh terrible but you know what it it, it's it's what keeps me watching and it's exciting and i'm i'm enjoying every second of this but yeah i i'm curious to see what happens with edge i mean Here's the here's the thing about Edge. I, I'm not sure he's as big of a draw as people think. Like it was mm-hmm. great to have him back on WWE, um, but I I don't put him in the same echelon as like an Undertaker, a Shawn Michaels, or um, like a, a Stone Cold. Like, sure, he's a big wrestler. It's a it's a great grab to have for AEW, and I think um, it, it'll progress and there's a lot of opportunity for him there but i i just don't know that it's a, a big needle mover word of the day right i don't know that he's a big needle mover and i don't know that he does it for me personally um so we'll we'll, we'll see i it, it, there's a lot over there that he can do um and 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 we'll continue to watch but the, the thing i'm curious well, about is so go ahead finish your well, I,
0: it. I i, I I, well i disagree with you on this
1: wholeheartedly because
0: because i i think your expectation is that it's going to be like wwe it's like you you can't hold a w to a wwe expectation it's not it, it'll never work this is what we're talking about it's two different presentations of wrestling it you can't you can't say that it's in, like it's not a needle mover. Yeah, WWE loves that shit. They love the needle mover stuff, but like AEW doesn't really like they don't approach it that way because there isn't that the, the WWE system is usually built around like one guy, and there's and and it sort of like feeds the system of the other people in the different tiers. Whereas I think in AEW it's sort of like we'll bring in this guy and then we'll bring in this guy and then we'll bring in this guy and it's all just sort of there's not too much story focus there is story don't get me wrong there's story but their focus is just presenting really good wrestling matches that has been their shtick from the get-go and i think it's taken all of us a little while to sort of catch on to that the people that have been used to just watching wwe every week so when you say it like edge isn't going to be a needle mover like you don't know yet you gotta I, let like let him get established in there first he's been in there for less than a month
1: listen Cash, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm totally against what you're saying. And yeah, I know I'll, you are. I'll, I'll phrase it like this: How many times have you turned on a WWE pay per view when Edge was the was actually wrestling full time, and you are like, "Oh, I can't wait for Edge's match today." Outside of when he was in a tag team with Christian, when he was a singles guy, I, I, you're I, out of your mind. No, you're your no, no, no. You are just no. ignoring a whole piece of history. Then he no, had a great no. singles run. Come no, on! I I, I, on. Hate, I hated Edge's single run when he was champion. I would shut the TV off. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't think he was a great wrestler. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think he's a great wrestler. I think he was right. great as a tag team wrestler. And it was exciting when Christian was there. I'm actually going to go ahead and so, point this so back this out. this isn't – so, all
0: right, I, so you're, you're exposing yourself because it, then it has nothing to do with AEW. It's just about Edge.
1: Yeah, but if if AEW is about the wrestling and less about the storylines, I don't think Edge is going to be very good. I really don't. I don't. You, and and you I'm going to go, go with, so far as to say is I think, I think Christian is better than Edge. That's my point. I think you're going to look this back. Point, maybe you're right. I, I think, in general, however, it I think doesn't he got just screwed. negate what this
0: dude had been doing. This guy had a great run when he came back from injury from 2020 on.
1: It was he's right. done some good. It was show. all right. It was all right. His greatest match was the triple threat match. And it was mostly because Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns were in it. I don't know that edge added value to it. And I thought it was a great mm-hmm. triple threat match again, but I'm not sure that, you know, you put edge with against Daniel Bryan, like, okay. So you have the story. Well, that's line. a
0: possibility now.
1: Uh, right. But you put, you have the storyline with um Finn, ba- Finn Balor. Right. And, uh, how many times do we come on the show and we're like, eh, it was too long or, uh, eh, it wasn't that great. Yeah. Or yeah, again, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing it. So we'll have to see. I thought, I think at least when you had CM Punk as much of a toxic person as he was, he, I would want to watch television because I knew he was coming on. I knew he was going to be entertaining to some degree. Um, we can love or hate the guy, but he, he vito. He you was.
0: thrive on chaos, and that he is an agent of chaos. I do so thrive he, on he chaos. Just, he just he just like drew you in.
1: Yeah. And Ooh. Edge is just like a dad. He's yeah. just a dad who's wrestling again. Yeah, that's Ooh. it. Edge is gonna come out and get all like ramped up and do the same, do a spear five times and and have his crazy eyes and do a concerto. All right. Like, well,
0: fl- flip <laughs> it Because people think the same thing about CM Punk, except he's just going to come out and he's going to bitch about the company he worked
1: for before and how he's true. always the victim. It's so true. we could play this game all day. It's true. Ping pong. It's true. But I, I I'm, I'm, I'm standing behind this cash mm-hmm. and, and uh, you, you watch he's listen, he already came out and they showed a, a clip and it was probably uh, because it was on collision. It was probably the 10th hour of the show, but there was like nobody in the stands. <laughs> did you see that? I did see that. I actually, this is, this is a good segue because I'm trying to understand
0: what is that all about? What, like, How are they struggling with that? Because they do have, they, they have good wrestlers on that roster. Like, yeah. And Collision, well, a... I think overall is a better show than
1: Dynamite. It, you could be right. Um, I honestly haven't watched him. I, again, I'm... <sighs> I'm not sitting in on a Saturday night. I I struggle when the pay-per-views are on Saturday or Sunday. Well, not so much Sunday, but Saturday, number one, I can't, I don't know when it, for me, it's like, Oh, Hey, pay-per-view it's Sunday night. And then all of a sudden, next thing I know, it's like, Oh, it's actually, it was on, you know, Saturday, on Saturday afternoon at one o'clock. Like that, that bothers me. Keep it consistent. I just want some consistency with the timing. Okay. <laughs> but I, I, I <laughs> Vito,
0: Vito's complaining because he doesn't watch the product enough to get to get the marketing that they have when they say there's going to be a Saturday Piffy review. So he just operates under the assumption that it should just be the way he's always expected it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: now you're pissed yeah. off about it. it's no yeah. wonder why you love CM
1: Punk. Yeah. It's like when they do, you know, London games in the NFL at nine in the morning. Like I I wake up and I'm like, oh shit, there's a game on. Oh, Those are already in the third quarter. Oh, okay. Interesting. I didn't know that. But anyways, I, it, 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 it'll, yeah, I, I don't know. It was a weird, I saw the picture and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But I've seen that a few times and I just wonder, I listen, I know when we went to dynamite, you know, they did, uh, they taped uh, rampage afterwards. And mm-hmm. by that time we were five hours into the show and it was 11 o'clock on a Wednesday. Yeah. I, a lot of people left. Um, I know, uh, collisions a bit different. It's on a Saturday, but, um yeah I don't know what the dynamic there was if it was just a freak thing but it was uh interesting. But we'll we'll see time will tell how Edge does. But I, I let's move on from Edge. Let's move yeah, let's on, move from, on Edge. from Edge. Do you let's think, go to
0: Well let, let me let's jump on that picture for a second. We're go off we're going a little rogue here but so okay. that picture and and some of the 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 comments around it have been about lagging ticket sales for AEW. And so you you wonder are they choosing the right venues? Are they starting to, I know at one point they've started to try some of the, I guess you could call them like the regular venues, the stuff that if you were going to a WWE show, they'd be at like TD garden here in Boston versus, you know, the Agganis arena or something like that. So are they, are they moving too quick? Did they, did they overestimate how much they'd be able to sell in those? you know, not, it's not a knock against them. I mean, you can't hurt to try, right? You want to see, test the market a little bit, but what do you think?
1: Look, I'm just going to give you my personal opinion and you could completely disagree with this, but as a guy who likes consistency, Mm -hmm. I want to know who's going to be on a show, right? Mm -hmm. When you have two shows a week, three shows a week, and there's no consistency, it's rare you have people like, stone cold the rock these big superstars and i don't care what anybody tells you but those are going to move needles those are going to get people that want to go they're going to make me want to reach out and say oh my god stone cold's on a show like i know i want to watch this i know i want to be at this venue there's a reason when john cena comes back ticket sales go up right but when you don't know i don't know what show mjf is going to be on every day I don't know. Is he going to be on uh, Collision? Is he going to be on Dynamite? I mean, I know he's typically on Dynamite. I mean, they usually but, will tell you, right? But if if I know consistently, I will watch it more often. You know. But when you don't know, and then like for for instance, when we went to AEW, there was nobody there. What big superstar was there? Our biggest thing was FTR, which is great. I love mm-hmm. FTR, but that is not going to drive me to want to be there. Like. CM Punk would have uh MJF would have and he he was on rampage as an announcer but like I, it back in the day even when AEW first started there was one show you knew you were going to get a certain amount of guys they had a small roster you knew you're going to get that every week now it's you got two shows sometimes they're on sometimes they're not and mm-hmm. and it's it to me it makes me less has have less desire to turn that on or even possibly go to the event So that's my personal opinion, Cash. Um, I wonder if that's about them catering to
0: their core audience. The people that are the diehards of AEW, they're going to be watching no matter what. It's the same with WWE in that regard. But one thing that maybe they're struggling with is how do you both cater to that and then also open doors for more general audience to come in? Like some of those, some of the people that are sort of just casual viewers, they're not watching every single week, but they will tune in occasionally throughout the month and maybe even watch Fastlane or something when it's on Peacock because it's free, right? They don't have to pay for it. But how do you get some of those people to also then watch some AEW or to even put money up to go to a show? I know some people talked about the ticket prices too that went back. they, They sort of skyrocketed for AEW where at one point they were a bit more affordable and they were kind of like discounted. So people were more apt to go, which is uh, I I mean, hey,
1: that's why we went. The tickets right. weren't
0: that bad. And we were like, hey, that's great. That's cheaper than going to SmackDown right now.
1: Right, but let me ask you this question. How often do you watch NXT on a Tuesday? Like live?
0: I don't watch it uh, live. I watch it on Peacock like the day or two after.
1: Okay. Did you watch it live uh, this past week? No. Okay. No, I, it's, well, I, see, I enjoyed it. I heard all about it, but for how me, often do you it, watch? I don't have the time. How often do you watch Dynamite? Uh,
0: I'll I DVR it, so okay. I know it's like a dated thing. So that's kind of my approach. Is I won't. I rarely sort of watch these things live. Like maybe SmackDown, just because it's a Friday night and I might just be hanging around and it'll just be on. But, but what
1: what will make
0: you watch it live? Because I usually know someone's there that I that oh, I,
1: want wow. I want to watch. Yeah, Amazing. I know, I know already.
0: Yeah. But but you you have such a criteria for who it is you even want to see. No, no, no <laughs> that no. you just say like eh, I don't know. You know, no, 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 no. I, I won't even tune here. in on the the assumption that the champion of the company will be there. No, and he's no. been there every week. <laughs> I don't no. know if MJF will be there. The dude has been there every week since August. What do you what, what do you want? You want no. him to come to the house and pick you up and take you to the show?
1: Yes, I maybe I would, you know, uh, but n- no, my point is like for me, even me personally, you say casual wrestling fan. I mean shit, I,
0: you, i'm I've become one. I've yeah, become I was say casual in my in how I watch it because I don't because you you can't devote that kind of time anymore. I don't have that kind of time
1: right. So my point being this is exactly it. If there was one show, you'd be much more willing because you can invest your time in the storylines. when when aew was around, Dynamite was the only thing. I guarantee you you're watching that more live than you would now because there's so much content you have to scroll through and pick the stuff that matters. If they just concentrate it and put the stuff that mattered with the guys that move the needle that make you want to watch, it would be much more, you'd have a lot more people watching it. And back well, in the you're,
0: day... You're, you're talking about this is why Triple H is doing a good job.
1: Exactly. Because 100%. of
0: the people in there that are drawing in uh, viewers. So they're, they're, he's putting people that should be in those positions in those positions
1: hundred percent. But he also, when we were younger and you were watching all the time, when there were superstars like Stone Cold, The Rock, Hulk Hogan, even on WCW, Hulk Hogan, you know, you wanted to watch. You you were much more willing to take that time and watch. Yes, we were younger. He had more time. That's fine. But guarantee if it was today and they were those same superstars that you were invested in that made you put eyeballs on, you would watch.
0: I don't know, man. It's I think it's tough only because, like you had mentioned before, that Yes, the, the ratings were used for the whole Tuesday night thing. But you're talking about the way everybody watches TV now. It yeah. is different. I yeah. mean, I don't think, I, I think it's rare. Even if it is a good show, you're thinking to yourself, I don't want to fucking watch the commercial. So I'm just going to DVR yeah. it and then I can fast forward through it. Yeah, Right? So that's that's the way I'm approaching it. I don't feel like dealing with commercials. So I'm going to record <laughs> it. I'll just watch it the day after. I, I, I'm still going to enjoy it, even if I'm not sitting there watching it then and there in the moment now what i think you're touching on though is listen like we can't deny the fact we're old okay so people that are younger than us watching wrestling interact with it so much differently than you and i are they're they're using socials at the same time as they're watching it i mean how many people are live tweeting like going live on on insta about it like you can't you can't deny that right yeah so those are people that are going to benefit from watching it live in the moment because you, you need that sort of interaction, that sort of engagement, right? We're not like that. No. People, a lot of people are like all the different demographics are sort of watching wrestling a little bit differently. Yeah. So I, I'm like, cause I don't need to like be posting shit on Twitter about like my thoughts on rampage.
1: Yeah. Enough, we'll re- be-
0: really none. I have no thoughts on rampage. I, I can't tell you the last time I watched the full episode.
1: Man, let yeah, me just put Ad that on it's YouTube. Useless to me. Put it on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: It's just glorified dark now.
1: Yeah, it's it it. Yeah, I, it's anyway. It's, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Let, let's move on. We've been talking about this far too long. We all haven't right. even talked. My 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 next question was going to be. All right, so, Edge AW, Jade Cargill WWE. I know you're a big, um, big Jade fan big jade fan you were talking about her before she was big in in AEW, right like yeah. you were like hey you got to watch this girl she's the next china she's built like her she's you mm-hmm. know blah blah, blah 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 how what are your thoughts on this do you think you know is she going to get the cody Rhodes treatment or is she going to get the wha- squash like i can't imagine the the women in wwe who have been kind of leading this charge, are ready to give up their top spots, but it's great to have more competition there and I'm curious to hear Mikey Cash's two cents on this. Well,
0: one, it's good to have competition, even internal competition, and that's one thing Vince did well. I mean, it was manipulative in the way he did it to people, but you provoke that internal competition with people and it will translate to the screen, and so I think already they're setting it off on a good foot because I think she is getting she's getting closer to the cody treatment than not because they already made it a big deal when she showed up during the pre-show at Fastlane. she shows up in like the limo she comes out she's got like the get up on and triple h comes out and meets her and greets her and like walks her to the back that's a big deal they're showing that that it means something that he is personally coming out there to welcome her to wwe she's shown up on all three brands she's been on smackdown she's been on raw she was on nxt So now you're wondering, well, where exactly is she going to show up? And I, I, am kind of curious about that as well. I don't, I don't know if they'll give her a run on NXT to get her legs under her and and to work with some of the younger talent or what, but what I do like is that she's already starting to have interactions with current roster uh, females, one of them being Charlotte right off the jump. That was a big move right there. And I think they have, they have big plans. I think they see the potential it's all going to be about execution. And that I can't speak to. I don't know what's going to happen there. I have a good feeling about it. I think if you watched her evolution of in-ring skill over the last, what, year and a half, it she's come a long way. There's been some duns in there. I get it. But that's that's what, that's what part of the growing pains. She's just not growing up in, in a traditional wrestling system anymore where she could be in a territory for a couple of years and get her shit under her and then come in and she's she's golden, right? She's polished. No, she's sort of learning on the job. That's, that's the wrestling business nowadays. And that's the way AEW was handling it. But she had a great coach. Daniel Bryan was, uh, I mean, Brian Danielson, damn, always go back and forth on that, but he was training her. I think she's going to have, I clearly, she's going to have access to some of like the, the best wrestling minds through WWE's performance center. So uh, sky's the limit for her. I I can't wait. I can't wait. Honestly, my hope is that she's successful enough that we eventually get maybe like Jade and Bianca, like they're because they're they are the kind of similar body types and they're sort of like two powerhouses that can go against each other. That'd be really interesting on a from a female perspective to go like to have that, you know? Because you always see like the big guys in WWE, like when they when it's like two giants fighting each other. Like you could have something like that. It's like these two powerhouse women, both kick ass both incredibly athletic, both incredibly charismatic, what happens when they face each other?
1: Yeah. um, I'm just more curious if she can wrestle. I I think she can,
0: man. I think she
1: can. Yeah, my my point is, I I mean, A, they didn't give any time to women on AEW. She maybe had... They still don't. I I know that, number one. Number two, all she did was squash most people in in AEW. So listen i think it's a great time i i'm i'm being facetious yeah. here no, uh, I know but are. uh but it, it 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 is funny like you know yeah she had like the goldberg treatment so let's see what she can do i mean she can talk she and she's got the build and she presence she's got the, the it factor now let's see if she can hang with the the charlottes and put on a good match or the bianca bellairs or the becky lynch's of the mm. world because that's that's Otherwise, she's going to be really exposed if she goes in there and she can't wrestle against Charlotte. That's going to be a it, it's going to be a quick decline. Exactly, I think just the caliber is different. Not that
0: yeah. not that the women in AEW aren't good wrestlers, but what I Correct. think is they they are very rarely put in the best position to shine. Yeah, and, and I think she's going to get more opportunity in WWE. They they're just. It's just a like La Knight says. It's just a fact of life that at, at WWE has a way more developed women's division. It's just better overall. Yeah, it has TV time. Matches mean something. People get invested. I mean, look at Becky and Trish that cage match, yeah. dude. That was an amazing, amazing match, and it was the culmination of like a five or six month feud. Tell yeah. me the last time anything in AEW went past like a couple of weeks. I-
1: I agree with you. Maybe Here's-
0: maybe the Julia Hart stuff that she's doing with with Sky Blue right now, but that's even yeah. that it's like
1: minuscule what they're giving them, and they're making it work. Thank God. oh, percent. But- yeah, hundred percent. But we'll see how how she does. I, listen, I'm I, I was being like I said, I was being facetious. I I I think it's a it's great. I, I personally, I think um, you know she's got the look for WWE. Like I said, but mm-hmm. I, you know if you're asking me, hey, if you took anyone from that. Women's Division AW, and you wanted to bring him over, she would be probably top two, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think she'd be number two. I think, I think Britt Baker would be a much more compelling match to see against like Becky Lynch, or, or yeah. I mean, she, she seems to have that, um, she can have those matches and hang with those people, but again.
0: Yeah. Not not the topic <laughs> of what we're
1: talking about. So it'll it'll be interesting to see. I think this is going to be a telling sign to see if WWE brings people over, and will actually. I mean, they they've held their own with with Cody. So uh, are you uh,
0: are you referring to like the old WCW treatment, like when somebody would come over from WCW, oh, yeah, or oh, yeah. from TNA, and they would just get absolutely jobbed out? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Well, that's the difference in Triple H running it rather than Vince is that i think triple h will ultimately want like you always used to say what's best for business and if that means putting somebody that was in another company in a position of prominence here okay it's gonna sell tickets
1: sure let's do it yeah we'll see i mean again i i think i think you're right i think it might be different and you know cody's different he was wwe guy to start you know like it's not like he's a homegrown uh wcw or aw guy and jade was or is so we'll see how how it how it goes but i'm i'm curious to see how that pans out um before we we end here though um there was you know obviously we've been talking about it for um multiple episodes but the the bloodline like uh, obviously that's a big thing coming uh, over the last few years um what are your thoughts on it now Well, first, I need to retract my statement because I thought you were going to say CM Punk (laughs) when I said too long. I got ahead of myself,
0: thinking I knew what you were going to bring up. But all right, no, the bloodline. For in my view, there's almost there's been like no diminishing returns on it. They've sort of shifted the phases of the bloodline. You know, we we were coming out of that time where they were just absolutely dominant in every aspect of the game, and now there's sort of the the infighting and sort of the civil war that they had. Roman got pinned for the first time in like three years by uh by uh jay and now there's sort of the brother feud that you know they're keeping them off the brands and so maybe eventually the the, this is sort of leading to like a wrestlemania brother versus brother kind of match which will be cool because now people have a lot of investment because they have all of this story and the story of the bloodline is really great for me because i enjoy not only well, one the work that Paul Heyman is doing is like second to none. Have you do you see how he's like? He was so upset that Roman hasn't been on the show, and he's been like handling all the stress of of sort of the the interpersonal relationships of the bloodline to the point where his hair went gray. And then it, on Friday, <laughs> he comes out with Roman, and his hair is black again. It's <laughs> just like so, I suddenly, didn't notice. Suddenly that. he de-aged. And I think uh I think even Corey Graves might have mentioned something like Paul Heyman found the fountain of youth when. Now that Roman is back. So it's just, re- it just really funny. And so I like little things like that. Um, but yeah, Paul Heyman's doing great work with them. Roman, as usual, I mean, he, he came back and didn't skip a beat, had a great segment with LA Knight. So that's another just little taste of, all right, well, we could be going in this direction. Then you have the stare off with Cody that very same night. Well, we haven't forgotten about that storyline. And then he's also got something with John Cena. And we can't forget that they had their feud a couple of years ago too. And Cena might always be looking to break that 16 time world championship reign. So, you know, I think as far as, at least as far as the the bloodline goes, they have so many different options. They permeate throughout the, all of the shows, much like the Judgment Day. And the Judgment Day to their credit have also built things up. And a reason I bring them up is because of all of the infighting with the bloodline. Like I mentioned before, it's it's the equivalent of when like, like a mafia family goes down and now because of that there's all these other little factions i mean the lwo is one of them even when you look at damage control that's another one there's all these like little pockets that are trying to say oh we can move in and sort of get some power here and judgment day has probably been the most successful of that but i really enjoy that approach it's kind of an interesting take on it and i I haven't really seen that from like a wwe show before
1: Yeah, you know, those are are really great points. The thing I'm excited about, and I bet you haven't thought of this yet, but think about all of Roman Reigns' opponents, right? Mm -hmm. They were all guys that were already established before Roman Reigns. You had Brock Lesnar, Mm -hmm. who he faced off against a dozen times. Way too many. Uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. right. But here's where I think we're in a stage with Roman Reigns where a lot of the other guys, the former superstars, they they could develop their partners their the next guy coming up mm-hmm. right and now with la night roman reigns has a chance here to develop his own rivalry with someone and excel that guy so they can sell tickets and they can keep roman reigns relevant does that make sense is that i don't know if i'm explaining this in the so right are, manner
0: are you so, talking something along the lines of like a title change or are you thinking no
1: no, no, no! I'm saying Just like to have okay. a
0: title match or have some sort of feud with him can so, bring him
1: up. So Stone Cold, do you think Stone Cold and the Rock, right? Like they both came up, but they they had this rivalry against each other for years, and obviously mm-hmm. had a lot of respect for each other. I'm curious to see if Roman Reigns can elevate his opponents and see other than someone okay. who's already established, mm-hmm. right? Like forget about it. it's great yeah. to see Roman Reigns versus the Rock, Roman Reigns right. versus versus the of Lesnar. Like Roman mm-hmm. Reigns versus John Cena, Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker. For years, it's been all these guys that already were at a level that was here, and they were trying to bring Roman Reigns up. Now Roman Reigns is up here, and he needs some other guys to bring up to that level. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to get stale quickly. And LA Knight's a perfect example because people like him, and he has a chance to be a guy that 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 could be a superstar. But you know, you you could say Cody Rhodes, but Cody Rhodes really kind of developed himself over the years in AEW and coming into WWE. But this is a different aspect, right? This is a guy that, you know, you have some potential in in LA Knight and Roman Reigns has a chance here to help elevate him to a level so that he's got more opponents. You think about Stone Cold when he was at a level and he, the rock wasn't there, right? Like he had Mm -hmm. to, What did he do? He ended up turning heel because they he needed more opponents. He needed more heels that he could go against, and they didn't have them, right? And so um, it's it's interesting to see, and it's it's an aspect that I'm I'm looking forward to to see if he can do that.
0: No, I mean not for nothing. Roman is getting up there, so this is about that time where now you you got to start looking at who's coming up. You know, how do we keep this machine rolling? Because it can't just be him forever. Oh, I don't know. Awesome I think LA Knight strategy. might be, that'd be older. That would be him. wild. Yeah, and LA Knight is a little older. <laughs> than, so. I think the approach, I I agree with what you're saying. I think the approach might be a smidge different in how they sure. execute it, especially with, with LA Knight. But hey, there, there's no reason that Roman can't have a series of matches, not just with him, but with like maybe some other guys on the roster. I mean, you never know if somebody like a Chad Gable, who I I, I really hold in high regard, I think he has the potential to work that main event style. Gunther, who knows? The Gunther too. But I, the Gunther thing, I almost feel like they want to keep them separate because Gunther's so. got such a great heel thing going. Yeah, I know. Like you almost want to keep it separate like maybe later at some point Roman will turn face or something or, you know. I hope he'll, not. he will get the John Cena treatment where like but I don't even I'm not saying he goes back to the big dog days. What I'm saying is I think as this version of Roman as we know him could probably be shifted so that it's more leaning on the face side than the heel side yeah that's what i think i think there's a way for them to do it especially now he's way more natural i think he could figure it out where it's not yeah. it's not going to be those segments where he was talking about the big show and buying bean the magic beans like with oh. the, those days are done right thank <laughs> thank god right so yeah. but we have a much more
1: nuanced roman reigns yeah yeah it'll, it'll be interesting but yeah i'm 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 Very curious to see how that goes. I think the aspect and which I thought was really cool. And this is the other part about Triple H that I like. I mean, think about man, Bray Wyatt when he came back and they did that guerrilla marketing, right? Like something Mm -hmm. like that. That got me interested. It was fresh. It was new. It was great. But they also did the um backstage segment with Paul Heyman and The Rock's daughter. And I I we talked about this and but it, it was done in a way that it looked like someone accidentally filmed them doing it, sort of. Yeah. You could tell yeah. it, it clearly wasn't. Right. Right. It was the,
0: the presentation. Yeah. Right. And it and wasn't so then you wonder what does that mean? So now people yeah. are in their heads thinking, well, is she really going to join the bloodline? Are they just doing this to get the Rock's attention? What is it? What's the point? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't done like a WWE 2K style where there was no talking or anything like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean it was, was it just the mouse they're... Yeah. and room with their... On their backstage, yeah. just hands, what's <laughs> Paul Heyman doing back there talking to, you know, whoever? And no, right. it was done It was done well. It looked like someone had like snuck in and actually recorded it like a fan, even though it was on WWE's uh, mm-hmm. TikTok or whatever. <laughs> They did that kind of stuff when Seth Rollins and
0: Riddle were having their thing. It was a lot of found cell phone footage from parking lots when they would just see each other passing and start yelling at each other. That was really that. cool. They just testing out different uh, different presentations.
1: Lo- I mean, you can't do it all the time, but I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. different. It's it's uh, it's a uh, to me it's, it's a, a Very cool, a welcome very cool. change up. Yeah, and I think that's the stuff that they need to have because it's it's got to be different.
0: Well, I mean. If we keep going here, uh, our episode's going to be as long as Roman Reigns' title reign. So wh- <laughs> a- a- any any last thoughts here as we're wrapping up?
1: No. um, You know, I, I'm, I'm excited. It's been a while since we've been on here. I think season three is going to be great. And, you know, we're getting into the winter months where us in the Northeast like to hibernate. So we'll have more time to get on here, just like in the past. So um, hopefully we'll have some more guests. This, uh, this season, you know, we're working on it. We're, we're getting there. And, uh, and I'm, I'm excited. Mikey cash. I think hopefully you'll we'll see a lot more of, uh, our special guest, Mike Sarge Riley from 985 the sports hub oh, yeah. and, uh, and, and, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah.
0: You know, I'm just glad to be back in the saddle with you, Vito. I always love when we get to sit here and talk about wrestling
1: during the summer. You know why, Mikey. It's because I elevate my guests when I, uh, oh, my co-host, you. I elevate. You elevate your guests. <laughs> yeah, you in
0: an escalator. All right. So anyway, more terrible jokes aside. Uh, listen, folks, we are glad to be back in here. Uh, we're trying this whole new format where we're on, we're going to be doing some video. We're still going to be uh, putting the podcast out there. So keep an eye on your podcast feeds for that. We're working on getting some very special guests with us. Uh, from the world of pro wrestling, and we will keep you all updated on that. But until next time, this is all for today, and keep on strutting, jabronis.